hello everyone. Welcome to another edition of the latest Shiny Podcast. This is your uh, host, Stephen Spector. With me as usual is Rob Hirschfeld. Hello, Rob. Hello, Stephen. Calling from the road. Rob just got off an airplane in San Jose, and I will do my best to get rid of his background noise. But uh, hopefully the weather's nice there. We still have snow here. Oh, uh, so, no, it's raining. Um, it's raining here in San Jose, so everybody's excited. Got to get oh, out the rain tires. I understand. Well, I'm excited. We have um, another company we have not spoken with before. And even better, it's another uh, team from India, continuing our global reach to get uh, different perspectives from uh, CalSoft. And we have uh, two people on CalSoft right now. I'm going to go ahead and introduce them and then uh, let them uh, tell us a little about their company, about themselves, and then we'll get going. Uh, we have uh, Pavan Gupta and Kiran Devekar. And hopefully I said those right. Uh, if not, I apologize. I thought I did pretty good. Yes, yes. Not a problem, Stephen. It's all coming. <laughs> Give us a little, uh, you know, a little background on CalSoft and what you're working on, and then we'll jump in and, and start talking about Edge. Uh, sure. Maybe let me talk about CalSoft first, and then I'll talk about myself. Uh, so CalSoft is a 20-year-old product engineering services company working out of a location like 100 miles from uh, Bombay, it's called Pune, and we have been working with a lot of product product companies like Cisco's. Uh, I mean, the big players, Ericsson, uh, Dell, and so, and have been serving the telecom world as well as the storage industry as well as the token industry. Typically and mainly working with the uh, service provider and the data center groups. And my name is Kiran. I work as an architect over here, uh, having an experience around 18 years in the IT industry, mainly doing work related to system programming, watching the industry related to telecom, and uh, do regular updates about the, uh, the the new stuff that is happening in the industry. With CalSoft, you have an opportunity to work with a lot of different engagements, right? CalSoft provides engineering support, uh, development services for a lot of people in the, in the, in the industry. Um, is there, you know, and you were saying focus on telecom and service provider, is there a, a particular area that you see as, as really exploding right now? Absolutely. I mean, with the new technology revolution coming into picture, the 5G world, the, the, the edge computing, the new words like the um, the NFV, which is building a new service provider market. So all that is going to change and that's where we are looking after the, uh, the telecom service providers. And that's the big, that's one of our customer area and that's one of the time that we are addressing. In addition to the regular uh, old companies like the, the switching industry, the storage industry and networking industry as well. So I'm curious, you know, you mentioned NFV, and NFV is a, is a very big topic. Can you sort of define NFV and then, and then talk about how, why it's so important to these service providers? It's been a long time since um, operators you know, have been, uh, you know, been suffering quite a lot uh, given the business dynamics uh, uh, in, in the mobile uh, telecom space. So, uh, you know, the... The thing is that, you know, it's becoming increasingly complex to manage uh, mobile networks and uh, there is a significant capex and opex uh, involved in it. Um, so this whole, this needs to be a complete transformation uh, of this business. 
uh, both from uh, engineering as well as business angle. Uh, we need to kind of bring in technologies that would allow the operators to be very agile, you know, allow them to click quickly, you know, provide services to their customers and also manage them uh, very efficiently. Uh, this would help them to kind of, you know, keep up with the demands, uh, the data demands that are there today in the market and as well as innovate. Basically, you can see the, the data rates are going down actually and, and the, the CAPEX and OPEX is still high. So you have to kind of match these two ends and NFE is going to address that solution. I'm curious about your statement about data rates going down. It, it seems like everything we talk about is there's an explosion of data being moved around. Is it that there's less data or just that the... I, I, can you clarify? Okay, okay. I'm sorry, actually, I meant the data plan rates. So the cost of providing data services is... Uh, for the subscriber is down, so so they have to pay less and they want more data. So, they, uh, so I understand. So it's a, it's it's a very big dilemma for the service providers. So they're being squeezed in what they can charge, but the demand is going up. So in the same circuits, the same infrastructure, they have to find ways to do more with it. Is what you're saying? Yeah. So, exactly. So let me give an example. Like you know, recently uh, Reliance Geo has. Uh, Come up with such low-cost plans, like for less than five dollars, you know, you get one GB uh, a day. You know, for five dollars a month, and you get uh, one GB worth of data, literally. And then there are like a billion people, you know, <laughs> accessing uh, data services. So, um, you know, that's the that's the scale of this problem. And then you need a transformation uh, in the way. Uh, this this piece of technology is driven. What is NFV letting? You know, I, I understand the, the the sort of the general purpose need. What what I haven't heard somebody do a good job doing is sort of describing you know, how NFV is is helping reduce data. Right? Is it you know I, I think of it as a bunch of virtual machines sitting on uh, you know edge device you know edge devices edge data centers that. Uh, aggregate data or, or change data, but it, I don't feel like that's the right, the right description. Can you can you help explain what NFE is from a telco and a service provider's perspective, like technically, the technology? Uh, sure. Uh, so NFE, like uh, we talked about, stands for network function virtualization. So what it means is that we are going to have the cards hardware. When we say cards, it's like the commercially off the shelf. Earlier times, we had the dedicated hardware which the service providers were using in their data centers. As a result of that, there was too much cost involved, there was a lot of maintenance problems, and it was all bound to a specific provider. Now, when we use the cost hardware, we have the liberty of putting a general purpose processor, general purpose storage requirements, compute requirements, and then all of these telecom requirements can run inside software. And that's where the virtualization comes into picture, where you can create virtual machines to provide the services to the end users. Okay. That's the biggest advantage. Of that makes a lot of sense. But, uh, you know, so are virtual machines required, though? It, that's what I've, I've been hearing some things about container virtualization or using containers to hold network functions. Um, is that a wave that we, would, we see coming in the industry? Yes, so virtual machines provide one way of form factors while containers 
uh, is a next step. So containers are very simple, uh, the form factor uh, uh, systems where you can create a small virtual machine which is running on the same operating system and it can provide you the small dedicated function that is meant for the end user. So let's say if you are talking about a virtual network function, I can divide that into multiple of these components. Each of them can run on separate containers. The advantage of container is that they can run very fast, they can get spawned very fast and it basically takes away the complexities of the virtual machines. So uh, just put it in short, uh, you can leverage the hardware more with containers uh, because the, uh, the processing overheads are far uh, lesser with containers. So, I mean, there's a component here which, which you're describing is just moving away from proprietary hardware um, and, you know, making this a software solution, which I to makes total sense, both from a cost perspective but from an agility perspective. Are there new capabilities that are enabled by having virtualized, soft, virtualized networking functions? Uh, yeah, uh, certainly. I mean, um, uh, it's, it's, you know, let's draw an analogy here. You know, you have the, let's say, the AWS cloud, you know, which uh, you know allows you to rapidly build uh, your uh, software products uh, by you know by deploying them on the cloud and connecting with pre-built applications like the analytics and and the identity management solutions. So NFE is an analogy to that in the telco world. You know, uh, you can uh, completely automate uh, your uh, solution, uh, and what that means is you can deploy your services in an automated fashion you can quickly uh, insert new services update new services and manage their life cycle um, to the orchestration mechanism and all of this is standards driven you know so it's an open ecosystem where it allows where it allows participation of uh, different vendors uh, to you know uh, play in the game and uh, and then because of this you know the the way you actually offer services becomes very flexible. What you're saying is that if a customer needs a network connectivity between points, then this allows you to spin it up with software. So we have a new sort of network ops function. Uh, um, I guess it still feels a little, um, you know, like we're, we're describing networking, but we're not describing use cases. Is there a, a use case that seems to be really popular for you, yeah. to you, with the, with the service providers are trying to build? Oh, absolutely. Um, let's take an example of uh, the EPC, the Evolve Packet Code Network. So, so far, you know, these networks were deployed on proprietary hardware from companies like Cisco and the Ericsson's of the world. Uh, but now the virtual EPC uh, is actually going to uh, run uh, as on, on virtual machines. You know, so that's one uh, very solid use case. And you have another use case like SD-WAN. Uh, which actually provides van orchestration and um, uh, on-premise uh, or uh, you know hybrid uh, services to enterprises, uh, connected cars, IoT. Um, all of these services are going to ride on the, the virtual EPC solution. Uh, security is going to ride over SD WAN. Uh, so these are the you know some of the use cases, and there are so many use cases that still haven't been imagined.
what I'm hearing you describe is really a lot of a lot more point-to-point terminations that we're creating you know, sort of this more flat network, and then we're counting on software to create connections that are you know connected, like with the SD-WAN pieces, or just acknowledged between between the services that we're building. Is that is that sort of a fair way to describe it? Yes, yes, that's correct. But then this is, there is the automation element involved in that. Right, because if, if I'm building a distributed network, I need to be able to say, all right, I have you know, an application running in the cloud somewhere, but I want to terminate it back into edge infrastructure or devices. I need to actually you know, connect all those pieces. That's where the software-defined networking comes in. So it's not just an open network. I can actually build a effectively private network out of all these public parts. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, SDN is going to be a very uh, critical element when it comes to it. So, you know, creating, uh, connecting, uh, making your networks programmable uh, would be enabled through SD. In fact, uh, I can add to that, uh, saying that there are a lot of applications that can be built at the controller level which can be pushed uh, where you can add intelligence and create your network completely programmable. So this programmed network is something that admins can always make use of and they will be able to provide the app, the new way of controlling the complete network that is underneath the SDN infrastructure. System you're describing, let's add edge fute into this, right? So it's not just a matter of connecting the networks, but we're actually saying we're going to do some processing in the middle. Uh, can you, do you, you know, where do you see the... You know, moving some more processing or data to the edge going. Is that something, is that a part of, of what you see happening? Oh, absolutely. So, uh, there are so many edge use cases that uh, uh, happen. So, uh, you know, by, because of the laws of physics, you know, uh, a packet takes a certain time to travel over a geographical distance. And, uh, you know, and to reduce the, the packet travel time, you know, you need to do processing close to the radio uh, terminal. Uh, that's and, and there's many use cases for that. You know, connected cars or even healthcare applications um, are part of it. You know, uh, content delivery. You know, if a very simple example like watching popular YouTube videos. You know, you can cache them um, close to the radio uh, terminal and uh, provide. Uh, you know, content caching service um, at the edge. So uh, uh, even, you know, services like uh, firewall, you know, security, uh, you know, they can be handled at edge uh, just to save uh, the packet travel time. Right. That makes a lot of sense to me. And and we just, we had a guest from Section.io who was talking about CDN and and, and CDN growing. I, I can see all these pieces. How do you inject... You know, more intelligence than just caching data. What about you know actually putting AI or some data aggregation? Right. You would just said, oh, let me let me clarify the question a little bit because one of the things that you're talking about is you know we want to put less data on the wires. We're going to have a lot of growth. You know, providers need to optimize what they're doing. They have incentives to keep data off the wire, which means moving some. You know, processing into edge locations and then con- using virtual functions to connect those those pieces together, right? Sort of force you through, an, uh, you know, a, a compute component or make a compute component available. Is that something you see emerging? And and how how are they building that? 
edge is going to be uh, edge computing is going to be a very big industry um and uh, you know building that is uh, uh, it's not very different than actually building your uh, regular nfe cloud it's just that uh, it's going to be it sits sit in the mini data center uh, that is close to the radio tower so uh, you know you're going to have a mini data center maybe like within few hundred meters or maybe right next to the radio tower and it would host the servers and and uh, it would be sort of a centralized orchestration piece which would talk to uh, the edge services and as well as to the uh, core network services so uh, building a edge network is not going to be drastically different than uh, you know your regular nfe cloud why why do you say that I mean, there's a lot of distributed control pieces that feel like, on a scale perspective, are very different. But maybe you know, you have a different perspective on NFE clouds. Um, what do, what NFE clouds look like today? What do we have to do to make it work for Edge? The good thing about NFE is that you know, uh, the standards body has designed the system a very in a very open way, and uh, Edge computing uh, fits into that model. The only thing that has to be addressed is how you split uh, your control and data plane uh, in when it comes to edge computing. So, you know, some of the data plane functions have to be separated from control plane functionality, and that that piece, uh, the data plane function, has to sit in the edge cloud. So, so when you design your services, you know, you have to kind of architect your solution. Uh, uh, and uh, keeping edge in mind. Um, just to add to what Pawan is saying, it's like putting put, putting the computation or splitting the computation in two parts in such a way that the partial computations or the analytics, it, instead of sending the raw data to the cloud, send the process data. So that's where the edge will come into picture. The edge devices should be closer to the data, closer to the place where the data is getting generated. They would be able to process it faster, and with the power, with the processing power coming into the edge devices, they would be able to do that processing and then send it over to the cloud. That's the advantage uh, that will be possible with edge devices, and it could be very useful in in the all the use cases that we're talking about related to the edge. In those in those cases, how do people build? You know, what how do they build that type of logic to help with the data aggregation, and then how do they deliver it? What is it? What is that? That look like because I, it doesn't feel like anything we're seeing quite yet. Today we have applications that store data in databases and they're delivered you know, through CI/CD systems, usually to one location. What you're talking about is a much more generic functionality uh, that has to be distributed to hundreds or thousands of locations. Based on your viewpoint, yeah, given that you know you are going to have many edge computing centers, your solution design uh, would have to take care of that. So. So as I said, you know, it's it's an open standards world. You know, NFE is open standards. So you're going to have the same CI/CD pipeline. It's just that how you design your solution to scale would matter. What that means is that you know, you see, the way you actually update your code or the releases to different edge centers has to be kind of scalable. You know, I mean. So that you know, you can release your code to multiple uh, edge centers. But then again, you know, it is all driven from the standards. So there's 
from a technology perspective, you're not actually doing anything different. Uh, but it's just how you design the solution would matter. I'm curious about what type of standards you're thinking. So what should people be looking for when you when they're looking at NFE and open standards? So, the, you know, the, the standards defined by the uh, FC body, um, and that includes the different pieces of uh, the uh, uh, the cloud, uh, the, the virtual infrastructure manager, uh, the manual orchestration piece, uh, the uh, NFVI infrastructure, uh, VNFs. I mean, it's pretty standard stuff. You know, that's the beauty of NFE. You know, the way it is we design is you don't have to think differently. Uh, you know, whether it is uh, edge network or the, the core network, it's it's only that you have to handle all of this in the applications. I guess I, I'm. I'm thinking through what the API protocols would be for building an edge topology. And so, I mean, I understand the virtualization of those functions, but at some point you have you have APIs to call those functions. They're going to be wrapped up in, um, you know, is this like an OpenStack cloud where there's a pro, you know, you're using the OpenStack protocols to spin up containers, or is there something, something more broadly network-focused? There are ways which can be used for creating this container. In case you want to deploy, there are variety of aspects those, those need to be considered. Like, I mean, what kind of latency you're looking at? What kind of, uh, is it, see, it's typically on the on the edge side, you are having a very low latency while as you go towards the cloud, the latency increases. But if you look at the processing, there is huge processing power inside the cloud. So uh, it depends on the real use cases. I mean, uh, it's, it's like a, let's take a, case of a virtual firewall. Now this firewall is going to set inside the UR data center at the edge level. So that's where the lot of processing of the VNF which is related to the firewall would be done at the edge level. And then you can design your uh, solution or the VNF solution in such a way that whether I need to be, uh, distribute into various components which can be deployed separately or then it will go into inside containers and then I can write container based solutions on that. While orchestration will always take care of the containers as well as the virtual machines, depending upon the infrastructure of your data center. I guess what 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 I'm hearing when you say that is that I have a you know a, a distributed data I have a data center in a distributed location, and when I request resources in it, it has a firewall and it has some network functions, but it's really just a cloud infrastructure. It's not. Um, a platform, what I would consider a platform versus infrastructure as a service. Is there is there some bridge in between? Does that make sense? Is my question making sense? Yeah. In fact, the cloud orchestrations are so flexible that they don't worry or they don't have to worry about the uh, underneath infrastructure, whether it's running containers or whether it's running virtual machines. They have they they understand both of these technologies and uh, cloud. Uh, I mean, uh, take it uh, a simple cloud as OpenStack to uh, complex clouds like or the public clouds or enterprise cloud, which are given by a variety of enterprises. They are smart enough to understand these technologies, and they would be able to uh, deploy their workloads appropriately inside the uh, infrastructure. Right. So that's that sounds to me like a lot of like an SD WAN where I'm building. An infrastructure in a cloud, and then I'm creating a, per, a private tunnel back to static infrastructures. What happens when I start having very dynamic infrastructures? If I, you know, I just want to run a small a container or a small workload in a data center, but I don't want to set up a, a long-standing, 
uh, presence there if I just wanted to spin it up for an hour and then tear it down, like I was you know, tracking a car through a journey or something like that. Are those are those models being built, or are we still sort of building more static platforms today? So uh, we're definitely not uh, building static platforms. I mean, I mean, there is shift towards making uh, dynamic services. Uh, I mean, to, to address your example of tracking the journey of the car, now that is again at a VNF level, at a virtual network function level, you know. What you how you really want to uh, you know look at the connected car uh, from an infrastructure perspective it's no different you know it's just, it's the same stuff you know you can manage centrally you can manage your cloud which is either residing at the edge or in the core network. Excellent. And so, do you see certain technologies as 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 at the forefront of helping build these dynamic infrastructures? that people should be watching for or is there places where there's you know innovation coming that you that you, that's exciting yeah there, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of open bodies as well as there are lots of things that are being put in by the enterprises i'll talk about the open source things like uh, if you want to talk about the uh, the cloud infrastructure openstack provides the basic cloud infrastructure there are different solutions put in by a variety of uh, vendors and they take the advantage of the Redact-based OpenStack, like, or you can have VMware infrastructures. Variety of infrastructures are available. There are container-based infrastructures. Coming back to the bodies which are monitoring these things, like uh, who is going to, de- uh, what kind of clouds are getting de- deployed, and what kind of uh, orchestrators are getting de- are deployed. See, uh, because of the shift in the nature, every Operator will or basically the players have to work together, and that's where the open source uh, Mano or even Linux foundations and this kind of players are always going to help. And another, from the automation perspective, there are bodies like ONAF, which is open network uh, automation platform. That's one thing that is uh, being used by a lot of these players. So collectively, all of these things are going to work together and come up with the solution. Which could be, which would take time for being uh, getting adopted. But once it gets adopted, it will be uh, the the cakewalk, and it should be uh, giving all the services that are needed by the end users. The ONAP pieces, is, as far as I can tell, I'd love to have you cl- help, you know help explain them a little bit. It feels to me like it's a set of virtual machines that provide you know standard network functions that you would spin up and connect into your infrastructure. Is that a fair, you know, just a, a very snapshot of ONAP, or is there a, another piece to it that people should understand? ONAP has a complete end-to-end platform, NFE platform, uh, where you can actually start by designing your service, uh, you know, uh, onboarding it, deploying it, uh, managing it at runtime, and then also, you know, creating a feedback loop system uh, to manage it dynamically. So uh, ONAP covers a very broad perspective of, uh, uh, you know, running dynamic services. Uh, it's, 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 it's a very elaborate platform coming from uh, ADNT uh, and OpenO. So they have actually addressed the right use cases uh, to help service provider you know, uh, deploy services in an agile manner. Uh, 
uh, it's a very exciting piece of technology. Uh, it's open sourced, so there there is going to be a lot of traction on that. Right, that makes sense. So that's that's providing a standard way to build these functions. You're going to have resources connected to that, and then since you're talking about multi-provider multi infrastructures, it's then going to go um, beyond that too. So, right, you're going to your one provider is going to have an own app set of APIs. Who is responsible for joining service provider to service provider connectivity? Is that still the application writer or the you know, sort of the, the people building the, these applications? Who who has to own? this sort of distributed network? Actually, there are efforts to standardize uh, you know, multi-service providers. Um, and uh, you know, the MEF, uh, that is the uh, Metro Ethernet Forum body, is uh, working towards that. So uh, when you have multiple operators you know, uh, with their clouds, you know, and if you want to connect these operators together, then there is an effort to standardize the APIs. And which is already being handled by F uh, community. That's interesting. Do you do you see those standards as necessary for Edge? Like, what's what's the bottleneck for us to be accelerating Edge deployments and delivery? You know, the the very fact that you have to create so many data centers uh, next to the, the radio tower, uh, and then you know, connecting those data centers to the the core networks and then, then you know creating making them part of the NFE ecosystem is going to be a big challenge. Uh, just you know going deploying so many servers uh, and, and then you know uh, having built that building that infrastructure is, is going to be uh, you, know, the, you know the challenge yeah, I see. I, I'm nodding. I agree with you. It's there's there's a lot of pieces to connect throughout this. This is one of the reasons why I was really excited to get your positions on NFE because that feels like this core building block that has to get built. Um, you know, it, it's time for us to start wrapping up. I'm, I'm interested in how CalSoft wants to help. Right? How how do you see you know being part of this industry and helping carry the ball forward? Sure. In fact, CalSoft has been working with uh, some of the uh, infrastructure companies mainly for the uh, infrastructure automation platforms and so that's where the industry is at. Currently, they are building infrastructure platforms, they are building VNFs and these VNFs are getting certified. So people are building this end-to-end -end solution where infrastructure is available, you have the VNFs, they need to be performance tested, they need to be benchmarked and then even tested for interoperability. Once all of these things are tested, then they will go for the orchestration layers and everything. And then they will start deploying the use cases, testing things like uh, the VNF deployment, service function chainings, testing the real use cases that the customer is looking for. And that's where CASOP is all gearing towards uh, these technologies and helping its customer at every layer, right from the NFVI to the testing of VNFs to deployment, orchestrations, and even uh, building AI-based pipelines, building machine learning-based tools, and writing, uh, writing basically applications and the solutions which will be helpful for the next generation use cases, like the connected cars, the AR-VR that we talked about, all these solutions are in the kitty of CalSoft and they are always looking for uh, providing a lot of solutions to the customers. 
That makes a lot of sense. This is this is really hard, detailed stuff to build, and there's a lot of expertise that needs to get brought to bear, and so that's that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, with that, I, I want to wrap it up. How how should people get in touch with you, and where? And and importantly, I know you're, you've you've been uh, talking about this and blogging about it, or, or you know, speaking on it. How do people learn more about what CalSoft is doing and then get in touch with you? Uh, Stephen, for that, you can uh, just email us at markcom at calsoftinc.com and uh, we'll be solving each and every queries that you have. That sounds fantastic. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. I've, I've learned a lot about NFV. This has been really helpful. Thank you.